1: What a night for Tampa Bay sports on Thursday. The Bucs get their Super Bowl rings and they are spectacular. The Rays make a big trade for Boomstick 23. Nelson Cruz from the Twins give up a couple good minor league pitchers, though. Shows you they're all in. The Rays also come from behind again for their 30th comeback win of the season. And the Lightning get their 2021-22 schedule. They will open up the season against the Pittsburgh Penguins at Amelie Arena on Tuesday, October twelfth, when they'll raise another banner to the Raptors. I'm Steve Verstick. Before we get to Rick Stroud and Tom Jones, who have a conversation tonight about should the raids trade for some starting pitching, Bucks training camp opening this weekend? And a little bit about Texas and OU possibly going to the SEC. We taped that earlier today, so that's why I'm uh, filling in a little bit at the beginning with some news this evening. Rick was covering the trophy presen- or the ring presentation for the Bucs. So, uh, but the, let's start with the Bucks rings. They win the Super Bowl in their home stadium, the first team to ever do so. Super Bowl 55 at Raymond James Stadium. They win by a score of 31 to nine. And I say that because those numbers all mean something. This ring is, has 319 diamonds in it on the exterior top. That represents the 31-9 score. It's got eight emerald-cut diamonds on each side, representing their eight straight wins, which was the longest in franchise history that led to the Super Bowl 55 win. And on the left trophy, it represents uh, there's nine diamonds, representing the nine points allowed in the Super Bowl, one of the fewest in NFL history. Meanwhile, the top, if you remember the lightnings, Stanley Cup rings, the Stanley Cup on the top rotated 90 degrees to show a, 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 a black diamond representing a hockey puck there and other things, while the Bucks took it to another level. The top actually twists off to show a replica 3D of Raymond James Stadium underneath, including the pirate ship. Uh, these, if you have not seen these pictures, Rick wrote a great article on TampaBay.com about uh, kind of how they came up with everything in the logo or the, the the ring and and the the message behind everything and who developed it and such. But these rings are spectacular. If you're on social media, you probably saw posts, particularly on Instagram. A lot of this was being streamed on Instagram Live by some of the players. There's pictures of of. Donovan Smith was his ring, and Devin White, and Tom Brady, and Leonard Fournette, and um, it was a, a event held outdoors. Uh, the NFL PA, the NFL, and, and the team came to an agreement on how to do this uh, to everybody socially distance uh, as much as possible and to get their their rings. Um, but uh, a great event held tonight for the Buccaneers, well deserved, and now it's on to training camp. And as Bruce Arians has said, leading into this night. Uh, this is where we put the cap on the 2020 season, and now it's 2021. And to paraphrase, this team ain't done crap yet. Uh, and that's not an exact quote, but I think you get the point there. So uh, Rick and uh, Tom will have a lot more on the Bucks' upcoming training camp in a minute here. The Rays, meanwhile, the trade deadline is next week in Major League Baseball. The Rays got an early start. Trading for Nelson Cruz. Now, if you remember, they tried to sign Nelson Cruz in the offseason. He chose to go to Minnesota instead. 41 years old. But the key here is the way he hits left-handed pitching. Rays hitters are hitting below 700 OPS against left-handed pitching. Nelson Cruz bats over 1,000 OPS against left-handed pitching. He tears them up. And it's something this Rays lineup needs um, I, I kind of equate – and they gave up a big haul. They gave up two minor league pitchers, Joe Ryan and Drew Strotman, To uh, Joe Ryan's over playing in the Olympics right now, so it was kind of hard to get a hold of him. Uh, Eric Neander was talking about that too. But they gave up a big haul to get Nelson Cruz, to put a big bat in the middle of that lineup. And it's I, – I kind of equate this to a little bit like the Lightning – When they got Barkley, Goodrow, and Blake Coleman. Or you could even say this past year getting David Savard. The the Rays had a team last year that went to the World Series. Went six games against the Dodgers. They've got the best bullpen in baseball. They probably have the best defense in baseball. Or if not, one of them. They have a lot of arms in their system. They're hoping to get Tyler Glass now back for the stretch. And so they're going for it. But one, they needed a bigger bat in that lineup. And Nelson Cruz was the probably the biggest bat on the, on the market in this trade deadline. And they went and got him. They paid a steep price. But if anyone doesn't think the Rays are not all in for trying to go for a World Series win this year, this just shows you that, one, they believe they have a team that can win it all. And two, they're willing to give away prospects to make that happen. And so uh, a huge night for Tampa Bay for the Rays to get Nelson Cruz, like I said, a week before the trade deadline, which means maybe the Rays are going to make more moves before then. I I wouldn't expect more bats, per se, because I think it's going to be interesting how Kevin Cash handles this lineup now. Nelson Cruz is probably going to play DH exclusively. Not very good in the field. So now Meadows, who DHs some, or Rosarina, who DHs some, or even a G-Man Choi, who does DHs some, there's going to be a lot less DH bats there. So who gets less playing time? Does Brendan Lau play a lot less because he's not going to be in the outfield playing much more? Because you'd probably put a Rosarina or Meadows out there, or with Nelson Cruz. I mean, they they announced that Chris Mazza got sent down. But I wonder, you know, long-term, you know, for tomorrow, okay, Mazda sent down, but long-term, does Wander Franco go back to the minors to get more at-bats and to kind of kind of reset? I mean, you know, he's, he's done well up here, but not great. Not, he's not, you know, he's, there's nothing saying, you, you know, you can't take him out of the lineup. Uh, would he be better served going down to AAA for a little bit? If you remember, Willie Adamas years ago did that. He came up was anticipated he's here to stay was here for a few weeks struggled went back down to aaa worked on some things and, and came back and had a successful rest of the season after that uh, it happens a lot to young players you know they 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 get to the they get to the show they get to the big leagues and the pitching's better and everything's better around you and and you struggle a little bit And, you know, these pitchers make adjustments quicker and better to you and and such. And so sometimes you just need to kind of reset yourself. Um, I'm not saying they will send them down. I don't know. Uh, But I wonder if knowing there's going to be less at-bats for players. Vidal Brujan was already sent down before Thursday's game. Uh, You know, so, you know, maybe it's who knows, uh, you know, what they do. Or, you know, do they DFA somebody? Um, it'll be interesting to see what the Rays do in order to fit Nelson Cruz in the lineup. But as you know, Kevin Cash and Eric Neander says, that's a good problem to have. Uh, you know, if you if you're trying to figure out how to fit Nelson Cruz in your lineup and who to take out, then you've got good problems. You know, you're you're not struggling at that point, so that's good. The Rays to top it off on Thursday night, down to the Indians the whole night. They come back to tie it in the ninth with two outs in the ninth. Brendan Lau driving in the game-winner, Yandy Diaz. Uh, they were down, what, uh, four to three in the ninth. Had two outs and no on. Yandy Diaz gets a hit, then Brendan Lau drives one to the gap that gets Brett Phillips, who was pinch-running for Diaz, home. So they go to extra innings. Pete Fairbanks are in the ninth. <laughs> what a funny play. So a pop-up right in front of the pitcher's mound. Pete Fairbanks. Instead of getting out of the way, kind of took one step and stopped. Yandi Diaz runs into him. They both back up, and then finally Pete Fairbanks figures, oh, oh I better catch this, and uh, ended up making a uh, semi-diving catch in the infield there. Uh, not much style points, but it gets the job done. They go to the 10th inning, and of course, who delivers the walk-off winner? Of course, it's Austin Meadows. He singled in Randy Arraz Arena, who was the runner at second base to start the the 10th uh, the inning, and then Diego Castillo gets a runner to third with one out, but he strikes out the last two batters to end the game. The Rays have now 30 come-from-behind victories this season. They are 58-39, 19 games above five hundred again. Um, just a game behind the Red Sox still, uh, but the Rays playing very well. And then you start adding Nelson Cruz, who should be in Cleveland tonight. They were in Minnesota on Thursday, so an easy flight over. He should be in the line, or should be at the the park. I would imagine he'll be in the lineup for tonight's game against the Indians. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Lightning got their schedule for the 2021-2022 season. They will open on Tuesday, October 12th against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's when they will raise the banner to the Raptors. Of course, it's an 82-game schedule. Some uh, interesting schedule quirks uh, for this year's season. They play three games in the month of February, three. That's because the all-star game will take place in early February. And then the league takes a -a two-and-a-half-week break for the Olympics. Uh, And and then when the Lightning come back, they'll have a home game against Edmonton. Then they go to Nashville for the Stadium Series game on February 26th. So only three games in the month of February, seven home games total in the month of February and March combined. Um, In March, they start a streak. They have a six-game road trip, then one game home against the Rangers, and then another four-game road trip. So 10 out of 11 on the road. And then immediately after that, they have 11 out of 13 at home uh, at the end of March into April. Um, And the season won't end until April 29th at this point. Now, the Olympics are not 100% certain that the NHL players will be able to play over there. It was negotiating the new CBA that the players would play in the Olympics. But with Olympic protocols and COVID and that, it's still up in the air. But the schedule is out without or with an Olympic break now. Uh, But presumably they could fill games in and move some stuff around if they don't end up going. But um, the intention now is for players to be able to go to the Olympics. But, you know, we'll see what it looks like come January, February and protocols and what the Olympic committee needs, et cetera. Um, You know, I don't think the NHL wants to sit there and have players – have to go into quarantine two weeks before they go to the Olympics or something like that. Uh, that would really mess up the schedule. So, uh, but the Lightning uh, now know when their season will open and finish. And, well, at least the regular season. Uh, some notable dates: Seattle comes to town for the first time the day after Thanksgiving on November twenty-sixth. Um, Seattle comes back to town, or that's when Yanni Gord, of course, will make his a, a first appearance as a member of a different team in that game. Um uh, the rangers are here on new year's eve i believe that's barkley Goodrow's first uh return to amelie arena since uh he was traded and now signed a six-year deal with the new york rangers on thursday so uh big day in tampa bay sports the bucks get their super bowl rings training camp's getting ready to start The Rays trade for Nelson Cruz, get another come-from-behind victory, and the Lightning learn their schedule for the season. So without further ado, Rick and Tom now talking about Bucks training camp, Texas and OU possibly going to the SEC, and do the Rays need to trade for some starting pitching? Of course, they do mention some hitting in this. This was taped prior to the trade for Nelson Cruz, so uh, there is a couple references to not necessarily needing a bat, although I guess the Rays' front office did disagree with that.
2: Here they are. Well, Tom Jones uh, joins us now, and uh, Tommy. I just want to say that there is nothing quite as I don't know magical as the start of training camp. the <laughs> the, the, the fresh cut grass, um, you know the 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 white you know pants uh, uniform the the
0: the whistles the, the, or the the, the air the horns.
2: Blowing. The, let the me hear that horn. Drills, yeah. Exactly, and then. And then especially like the sweat, the bead of sweat that runs down the back of your neck and your back and settles somewhere south of the border that you're not really. At prepared, 8.30 I, in the morning. At 8 o'clock in the morning, yes. <laughs> um, it's a clam bake, folks, and we're going to start it. It's called Bucks Training Camp, and uh, they're the first team, um, I guess, along with uh, really life, the Dallas Cowboys, will be starting as well. Um, also, the teams, I guess, in the Hall of Fame Bowl, but. Yeah, it's here. I mean, there's one thing that's true about winning a championship. Man, the off season goes really fast. <laughs>
0: exactly. I mean, and you play
2: the whole month. By the time you know you, that's an extra month that everybody's had off that you have not.
0: Right. Right. You and know? I. And I. You know, we'll see how the the Bucks deal with that early in the season. But here's Oof. the thing, Rick. I, and I don't even. I completely have no memory of last year's training camp
2: <laughs> there, there, was, there wasn't much of one yeah
0: right i mean and the media wasn't you weren't there it was were 10 you?
2: days oh we were there but we were there and then in front of a zoom camera somewhere pretty quickly
0: right right and yeah. so it'll be nice to see more of normality again when it comes to training camp but then rick i'm i'm really excited about just watching is that it's essentially the same team as a year ago, but this is Brady a second time around. You know yeah. the thing we were talking about this on last night's podcast or yesterday's podcast that um, that every every other team in the league is improving and everybody's chasing the Bucks and the Bucks are basically bringing back the same team, which means the challenge for the Tampa Bay Bucks if you're bringing back the same players, you're not really you really Getting haven't better. necessarily upgraded you know yeah. in terms of unless you know, they improve unless right unless they improve. young guys and, that, yeah. and that's possible. Yeah. But, the, but the big thing, the the big question mark was, is, can they motivate themselves again to make yeah. another big run? And I think with that guy, a quarterback, Rick, and knowing his history, I think there's every reason to believe that, yeah, they'll be motivated again. Because I think that's Tom Brady's greatest strength is that the guy's won seven. And I I think in his mind, it's not enough. He wants another one.
2: Yeah, I think I think motivation's not a problem if number twelve is your quarterback, um, in this case Brady. But I, I I do think this is what's gonna be different. Not for Tom, because Tom has he has defended titles before. In fact, he's the last guy to win back to back Super Bowls, uh, what was it, oh four, oh five, I think. Um here's what's gonna be different for the rest of the boys. You're now the hunted, okay? Even last year when Brady went to Tampa Bay and everybody's like, oh, they were trying to give him the Super Bowl, you know, in August. But no one really believed it, right? Everyone's kind of like, yeah, let's just see, right? That offense, he's 43. Did you see that last throw he made in New England and Tennessee for the pick six? He looked old. I, I Yeah, Tampa, Tampa hasn't won anything. Let's just see, right? And it, it didn't, like, there weren't a house of fire, folks. I mean, they, 7-5 and five at one point, looked like the wheels were coming off and, um, you know, people weren't weren't really sold on him. Now this year, everybody's gunning for him. This year, oh no, they're the defending champions, 22 stars back. Nobody can beat these guys. Look what they did to Kansas City. Brady is better. Uh, he's there. He knows the offense now. Uh, he didn't have a preseason. He didn't have a training camp. All the stuff, right? COVID, all that. Now it's like okay. They have no excuses. Like, they're not surprising anybody. And it's a, it's a different position. Sure it is. Not for Tom, but for everybody else. You know, it's one thing Mike Evans is like, hey, lead me to the promised land, right? I'll follow anything you do. And I still think they're going to play hard and, and not want to disappoint the GOAT. And, and that's the best thing they have is going for him is that that guy knows how to prepare and, he's in, and he'll be better his second year. But by the same token, I got my ring. You know there's Yeah, hey, yeah. I got I, one. I'd love to have two. Don't get me wrong. But like everybody, I don't care who you play. You play Carolina, you play Atlanta, you play Philadelphia, you play whoever it is. Not to mention the Dallas Cowboys, of course. They're all going to say, "We're coming after you." We're going to we're you're going to get the best shot every single solitary week night games. Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, all of that, right? Foxborough with Brady going back home. The spotlight—it's hot, Tom. It's no,
0: I—I I, I think you make a perfectly reasonable point, and we've seen it with teams in the past. And I think that's where some teams have struggled, where yeah. you know they—it's hard to take everybody's best punch each and every week. You're going to get your best look when you play New Orleans. You're getting New Orleans' best no matter when you play them. That's play true. But you're right—it's the Carolinas and it's the teams that you that are on your schedule who are. This might be their season, or hey, we can measure up to the
2: to you measure up yeah. to the
0: champs. But I also think Rick may be offsetting that a little bit, and I I'm not sure. I'm just I'm speculating here. Is the swag the the swagger that comes with being a champion too? Like when you get into a tight game, it's almost that attitude of like, hey, we're the champs, we're going to win this. We'll figure out a way mm. to do this because we did it last year. We went into the, to the Superdome and won a playoff game. We went into Lambeau and won a playoff game. Uh, maybe that a little bit of that, and it and maybe it intimidates the other team a little bit. Like you guys don't think you're beating us, right? We're the champs. Come on, we got Brady. Are you kidding? And so you wonder if that maybe offsets a little bit of everybody's best punch. That when it comes crunch time, you have a confidence that you didn't have before you won it.
2: All I would say is this, and I'm not. There's no way I can minimize what they did a year ago. I think it's one of the best stories in sports. I really do. Tom Brady leaving New England after 20 years and Bill Belichick the greatest coach who ever, you know, uh, held a whistle, um, you know, better than Curly Lambeau, better than Vince Lombardi, like all of that, right? Leaves New England, comes to a team that's not known for winning 12 straight years without playoffs, pandemic. We know we know the storylines, right? Um, having said that, and I'm just spitballing here, but let let's say this. They went on the road, Tom. They did not win the division, you know. Forget yeah. the fact that the New Orleans Saints have beaten this football team five straight times in the regular season. They lost when it counted in the postseason. I'm not minimizing that. However, however, they lost with almost no fans in the Superdome. The Bucks went to Washington. There were no fans at all, and that was a titanic struggle against Taylor Heineke. Then they went to Green Bay, and they had some fans and a big placards that they banged on Lambeau Field. But it wasn't 70,000 in the frozen tundra. It was actually a balmy 30-degree day. it wasn't five degrees either, yeah. Yeah, it was a balmy 30-degree day. And Tom Brady threw three interceptions in the second half. Almost blew an 18-point lead. Remember the 18-point lead he came back from in the Super Mm -hmm. Bowl against Atlanta? Well, he almost had one of those in reverse. So if you were ever going to go on the road and win three games, and oh, by the way, the Super Bowl was in your home stadium, (laughs) okay? And the Kansas City Chiefs, while very good, didn't have a single offensive lineman that could block you, okay? And I don't know that I'm exaggerating. You know, it, it in some ways it couldn't have been easier. In some ways, right? No, I
0: get that. I mean, 100%. I think
2: I think you're going to face hostile environments. I think you're going to face noise. They didn't have noise that can I mean, there's a lot of things this football team was able to skate around a little bit. No,
0: I I don't disagree with you at all. But I think I look at all champions, and I can point to. Something had happened along the way to cut them a break. Look, the Tempe Lightning just won a Stanley Cup that was that they earned in every sense of the word. They played a lousy team, I think, in the finals. I don't think Montreal a, a was that, that good. Was
2: yeah, that that was 18th in the league in in points.
0: Right, and somehow they got on a roll. They beat, I think, a, a fraud of a Toronto team. They upset down three one a flawed Vegas team. But I think Vegas would have given the Lightning more trouble sure. than, than the Canadians did. I look at just the other night and the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis, and what an incredible performance. Oh, I
2: love Giannis, yeah.
0: yeah, 50-point you know, game to win on the 50th anniversary of their last yeah. uh, NBA championship. Look, if James Harden's a little bit healthy and Kyrie Irving plays at all in the first, like Brooklyn wins that series, and we're talking about how great KD is and Brooklyn wins. And you look at along the way, you know, he played Trey Young, and Trey Young was hurt. It's, yeah. That's what, you play who you play, and when yeah. you play him, and you can't help it. So, but I, so I'm not disagreeing with you, but I don't know that they would have gone into the Superdome in a full crowd and won. I don't know if Lambeau, if it had been 10, well, they and that's still that's won.
2: what I'm saying. Like, like let's let's assume that they're good enough, and I think they are to make it back to the playoffs. Now, I don't know that they're going to win the division because I don't know what New Orleans and, and is going to. I don't think Atlanta is going to be the top dog, and I'm not sure Carolina's there yet, um, even though they made the trade for Sam Darnold. But I, I. I am intrigued by New Orleans. John Payton has gone 8-1 and one without Drew Brees the last two years. I don't think that's a bad record. Um, and we'll see what Jameis Winston and, and, you know, company can do. But um, here's the thing. Like, I think they go to the playoffs. I just don't know once they get there it's going to be as easy as it was last year. Yeah. You know, and when I say easy, I mean those are hostile places. Now we'll see. I mean, again, Brady has been through every situation – Known demand, et cetera, et cetera. What's cool, if you are a Bucks fan, is that your team is on top. That your team has that Thursday night game to kick off the NFL season against the Dallas Cowboys. That they'll be favored in probably most, if not all, of their football games. I've seen these guys go on ESPN, and I know it's the dead of summer, and it's like you know the the little thing at the bottom says. Can the Bucks go undefeated this season? I mean, like I'm serious. That was a, know, that was a debate. Was a that topic. was an actual debate one day. I'm like, what are we talking about I here? I saw that. Oh my gosh. I mean, like, yeah, they can. Of course they will. No. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's that's sort of like where people put the bar at times. It's like, well, you have no excuses, you know. Um believe me, every year's different injuries, all that. I I, I just I'm I'm interested and yet, and yet I will grant you this, and I think, you know, again, you can't predict injuries and all those things. Tom, they should be way better on offense, and I think they're going to have one of the better defenses in the NFL. Period. I, I Look, you talk about being
0: way better on offense, and it was a little over a year ago that – Tom Brady's rounding up guys and going out to Berkeley Prep High School.
2: Yeah, he was for the
0: first time throwing to these guys. Yeah, Mike Evans and Cam Brady. He
2: didn't know the offense. They were teaching him the offense,
0: right? And all of a sudden, and he's picking up playbooks by wandering into the wrong house, you know. (laughs) Allegedly, (laughs) right? And so, yeah, I mean, a year later, with a somewhat of a full training camp and you know off-season stuff, and by
2: the way, a better knee,
0: a better knee. There you go. Yeah. And and you're right on defense. You would expect that the defense is going to be better, and and so I look. You're right. Every year is different. You have injuries, but there were times last year, Rick, and we, we talked about this a lot of a lot last season when they were off to that what seven and five start.
2: Mm. Is
0: there were games where it's like, are they running the same plays? Is what Brady is what the pattern that Mike Evans ran and the ball that Tom Brady <laughs> threw? Did they have any idea they were on the same page? Like did they? <laughs> And it was almost like they were speaking and you could see Brady getting frustrated, like you know, oh, yeah. that they weren't it was such in process. sync. I don't think we're going to see it. No, you'll still see some of that because that's football. But mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a lot less of it. And I think you're going to see a comfortable uh, factor that you didn't see a year ago. So and defensively, you mentioned it, Rick, that defense is really good. It's, it's really good.
2: Well, if they can keep, you know, Shaq Barrett and, and JPP are not young spring chickens right now, right? And we don't know what Joe Tryon is going to be. So they, they need they need to have some breaks as far as health goes. But, yeah, I mean, if I look at their front seven, um, you know, with Vita Veya back and Damakon Sue, uh, those guys absolutely can clog up the run. It, it frees up those guys on the outside. The two linebackers, even though Levante Davis is going to be 31, still can absolutely run and get it. And, and I, again – I keep saying this, and I'm probably wrong as rain, but I'm uh, if I was buying stock, I'd put a lot on Devin White. Um, I just think that he can be for them a Ray Lewis player. I, I don't think that's far fetched. I think he he could be their team MVP, uh, even with Brady on that team. I mean, the, the number of big plays, splash plays, game changing plays that he made in the postseason was enough to you know to to put him on a watch list for Defensive Player of the Year. That's how good I think this kid is. And he's only going to get better in his third third season in Todd Bowles' offense. He had nine sacks last year, Tom. He had, he, the only guy that had more was JPP with nine and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, he had more quarterback hits than Shaq Barrett. He had more tackles than Levante David. You know, um, this guy's a, a, a wrecking ball. And if that young secondary plays the way they did, in the playoffs and plays a whole year. It starts the year that way. Sean Murphy bunting with three interceptions in the postseason. Are you kidding me? Um, we know about Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis. You had Antoine Winfield Jr. who was maybe one of the best safeties in the league as a rookie and won a Super Bowl. Um, had an interception in the Super Bowl. You know, Jordan Whitehead's a big hit. I mean, they've got the makings of a really, really good defense. I just believe in Todd Bowles. Again, I'll keep saying it. I think that the two best things that they brought back – were their coordinators, you know, Yeah, which, which a, lot, a
0: lot of times doesn't happen with a Super no, Bowl champion. A lot of times you lose not. your coordinators, especially those two guys, because yeah. I, I I think Todd
2: Bowles is going to be a head coach again someday. I hope so. I don't know that that's a fact, though.
0: Well, maybe not. But I think Byron Leftwich will be a head coach. He I might think even, will get And he shot. might even be the head coach here at some point
2: potentially we'll see how it goes i mean i don't you know i think ba is willing to coach as long as tom is willing to play (laughs) and why not
0: and it's going to be what he says at least two more years now
2: really well yeah and and again i you know and i saw that uh podcast according to my sources i'm going to talk with Alex guerrero the special trainer of Tom brady he's going to tell me how many years brady thinks he can play well he's under contract for two years so okay and uh, and the answer is uh two years two years (laughs) uh but listen I'll say this. Father Time will win this battle. I know he's getting his kick butt right now by the uh, immortal and Benjamin Button Brady. However, um, as soon as this guy's body starts to feel worse than it did last year with the MCL, uh, he's not going to keep playing. I mean, he knows that he's at the end of this thing. You know, um, could it be two years? Yeah. If his body feels great after this season, let's see what they do. If they win another Super Bowl, would you have a walk-off moment? Well, Jordan could have and he didn't. He went to the Wizards. Um Brady left the Patriots, came here, won another Super Bowl. He like I said, he's under contract. Doesn't mean he has to play that third year, but it looks like he might. I think forty five, for whatever reason, that number means something to him. He's gonna turn forty four here at the beginning of August. It's crazy. August You're, it's
0: crazy talk. You're talking crazy talk. It's I
2: know. I mean with forty four, listen. I mean, I remember George Blanda look like my grandpa. <laughs> When he was out there at age forty something, right, and he was just kicking at that point, he wasn't a quarterback anymore. I mean, anymore. you look back, at,
0: uh, we talked about this too on the podcast. The photo, somebody put a photo up of Sparky Anderson and and uh, <laughs> Sparky, who, Sparky, who always looked like he was—he was sixty. He was all—he was sixty when he was thirty. He looked yes, sixty, you know, with the white hair. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, you're talking to—he's going, Brady's going to be end up like at some point, he's going to be like Wilford Brimley's age from from Cocoon, and he was, and he's still going to be playing football. It's like Except that, Tom he's Cruise. The, thing, he's yeah. the Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just amazing that that <laughs> that we're even we're even talking about at the age of forty five. And it doesn't even. It actually, we're sitting here talking about how crazy it sounds. It, for him, it doesn't sound crazy. You know, it's.
2: Can you his see him playing two more good. years? Absolutely. Yeah, you know? his body. If he doesn't take hits, it, you know, his body feels yeah. really good. And I think there was a point last year where he was taking too many hits. And I think they got away, you know, from, they they had to incorporate what he does, which is run the football, play action. Um, you know, you can't, you cannot drop back seven steps and, and throw it down the field on every play like Bruce Arians wants to do with a 44-year-old quarterback. You just can't, and he won't last a season. Um, but he's got a good offensive line, and I think a pretty good handle on the guys around him. And there'll be some more that they've added, like Giovanni and, uh, Bernard and, and I think it's gonna all I think it's all gonna fit together for him. So I'm I'm interested to see. Did you see he was on, by the way, with Jim Gray. And Jim Gray is one of these guys that has had just like a Hall of Fame broadcasting career, right? He's done everything. Uh I think he wrote a book about goats as a matter of my interview interviewing goats or whatever it was called. I should quote the book accurately, but I'm not. Well, he's, he's on. Had,
0: he had some famous moments. So he had the Pete, asked Pete Rose about cheating right on the field, cheating on the <laughs>
2: field, the, and then also the, uh, uh, the LeBron decision. James. I'm yeah. taking my my talents to to Miami, right? To South Beach, yeah, the South Beach, then,
0: and and then he and he's done a thing with Monday Night Football with Brady forever, right? Forever
2: Westwood One sponsored yeah. by Sears or, or I don't know who it is, um, somebody um, Hager. I don't know. I should know the sponsor. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Um, but yeah, so he sat down with him and, um, want, you know he went over some of the things that he has said of late. Here's the one that I here's the one that I think is interesting. You know, he had this thing where where he was trying to decide where to go play after Leblon, New England, and I, there were a number of teams that were interested, in, and he was interested in another a number of teams as well. And somebody and allegedly said, "No, we're good. We're going to go with our guy." And he was, you know, like. You're going with that blankety blank. Yeah, he said
0: that on the the, the HBO show, right? The, yeah. The barbershop. Well,
2: show. Jim Gray asked him about it. He said, Do you finally want to reveal which team you were referring to? And he goes, No, because that's my motivation. Mm-hmm. You know, like that that belong that that belongs to me. And he goes, besides which, he goes, they know who they are. And I thought to myself, Do they really? Because <laughs> There was a lot of teams, right, that didn't change their quarterback. In fact, I only know one that did, and he's the team you're playing for. Right. So we know all the suspects, right? We know that at some level the Chargers were were avail- Were in it. I we assumed it know-
0: was the 49ers. That's, but-
2: what, that's what I think. I, I agree with you, and, and I don't know. Um, somebody said, well, maybe Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill. Did yeah, you really yeah. want to go to Tennessee? I mean – Sean Payton didn't have a decision in New Orleans. If Drew Brees was going to come back, he had to let him play. He owed him that personally, if not if not organizationally.
0: Chicago could it have been Chicago? I mean I don't I don't Trubinsky I just don't never i never depends.
2: sensed that Chicago was like in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, really yeah. in it. Uh Miami, you heard rumors, but you know But I, I
0: don't think he'd refer to to a, to a Tagovailoa, or, who's yeah, just like that, that like is just
2: a him. rookie, and you can understand why. To me, it makes sense that he knew Garoppolo. Now, I talked to John Lynch about this, um, their general manager, and he said, "Look, Rick, basically, like we had to have a discussion. You know, it's Tom Brady. Like you sure. can't, right. You know, and, and I'm not even sure like they were pursuing him per se, but it makes sense, though, yeah. right? That somebody representing Brady may go, hey, you know, he grew up a 49er fan." He'd love to be part of the quarterback legacy with, you know, Joe Montana and Steve Young, guys he watched as a kid. It's his hometown, you know, Santa Mateo, whatever. And and you could see where that might intrigue him a bit, even though it's on the West Coast and that's not close to his son and certainly not close to, uh, you know, where Giselle is from. So I, I think I I really, you know, and the thing the 49ers had was they couldn't trade Garoppolo. The, the contract would have bottled them up for years and years if they'd had to eat that thing and all the accelerated cap that it would have caused. And yet there is a part of me who believes that. Here's what I also think. Maybe there wasn't a team. Maybe there isn't one team. Yeah. Maybe he wants every one of those teams to think it was them. Well, it's the old Jordan thing,
0: about. right? From the we saw in the right. in the thirty for thirty special. That exactly, he was make he was he's making up, stuff up, making up conversations that never happened.
2: Right, and believing them. Right, so, yeah, and to this day believing them.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
2: If you tell yourself a lie long enough, it becomes your truth. I mean, that's just the way it is. So very interesting. I, I don't know. It, uh, there's a lot of things, and like you know, Brady has said about ninety percent. What I say isn't true. I just kind of. Say it, and really, I think it's closer to ninety five.
0: Just real quick, and we'll talk more about Brady as, as the year goes on. Yeah, it's watching him from afar, Rick, mm-hmm. in New England, the last whatever twenty years, twenty years, uh, um, seemed like hey, he's kind of robotic. He doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. he's uh, and maybe it was it was, it was the a,
2: Patriot way.
0: It was, maybe it was the Patriot way. Maybe we just didn't see enough of it yeah. here this last year in in Tampa Bay. And I'm not, I'm not a Bucs fan, but. I've really grown to like Tom Brady, you know, and we've seen him yeah. more like, you know, him after the, you know, after the, the boat parade, He's know, more stagger, human. Yeah. stagger around, make the the jokes he cracked, and yeah, they were kind of cliche jokes at the White House the other day. I liked and I it wasn't even about the politics of it. It's like, he's being funny and he's loosening and he's making jokes and he's connecting with Biden. And it's like, to me, that was funny. Like we, that's a human side that we rarely Do you, see at Tom Brady. Can
2: you, can you imagine many more guys pulling off? Like, it's one thing to have, Hey, I got a really good line about Joe Biden, right? Somebody wrote this or I, I don't know, maybe he came up with himself. But my point is it's, it's something he's going to say. Okay. Right. On the South lawn with the president there and and you know right there at the white house i don't know many people that could have pulled that off with the timing the timing the, the, was the impeccable self-dep- the self deprecation that he used you know and to he kind like biden played you know? it was
0: almost like biden was playing like he biden knew it was coming i'm sure right, he, he was didn't. the foil you know what yeah, i mean yeah and like, he played like right? oh, i know what you're talking oh, uh, i know what you mean oh, by that oh i know yeah. what
2: you mean by that yeah but uh, i mean yeah you got off the two lines about you know, the first one, you know, I, I, you know, I forgot what down it was. And first time in 21 years, And he goes, they started calling me Sleepy Tom. Can you believe that? Why would they do that to me? You know, and then there was the you know, the whole thing, like, you know, 40% of the people still don't think we won. You know what I mean, That's Mr. President? Tremendous.
0: So, and it was funny. Tremendous and it's a human lines, side that we just never we rarely see of Brady.
2: No, and there's no question to me that that this was always in Tom Brady. Right. That, yeah, that, you don't like become this, a new person at age four. Yeah, 44. he didn't. He didn't. Yeah. I mean, he's not acting like this is sort of. Everybody tells you he's a great teammate, a most humble guy, superstar, all that. They love him, uh, you know, away from the camera and stuff like that. But now he's able to express himself a little more freely, and I think he's having fun. He's taking advantage. Look, he hadn't been to the White House Tom since '05. What?
0: That's just crazy. Like '05, he was at the White House at '05, winning a suit. That was 16 years
2: ago. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But his last
2: three, he then. didn't go. Not one of those they didn't get invited. But like uh, two others, he didn't go. That's... And and but I, I and if you just said, you know, bet your mortgage is Tom Brady going to this to the White House with the Bucks this time? I'd have bet everybody's mortgage. The whole block would have been mortgaged because Tom Brady was not going to miss this opportunity. Right, a year after leaving New England, than to stand there in the South Lawn with the President. And and accept, you know, his bows. Like, take his bow. Like, he, yeah. this is important to him, man. This is his legacy. How many more times does he have a chance to do this? And the lines, like, that whole speech or whatever, that whole thing was all part of it. Like, oh, yeah. he came there with a purpose. Like, this was not, you talk about humanizing him, you know, and he, look... I mean he golfed with with and I'm going to get political here. He golfed with Donald Trump. He took a lot of guff about that. He Rightly or hat, wrongly, you know, he just did the maga, the MAGA thing like, like and, and so here he is, you know, giving softballs and bouquets to, you know, a party that most people wouldn't have thought he had any affiliation with or or really agreed with any of their policies. But um it was funny. Uh, like I said, there was mostly self he pointed the fun in himself, mostly mm-hmm. self deprecating, uh about his age, about you know, and but it had just the right tone. It wasn't over the top one side or the other. It was just, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a little fun it was with, playful. with the it. Was playful. It was yeah, playful, yeah. It wasn't mean. It, there was nothing mean about right. it. I and know, it look, I
0: know he's done stuff before. He did you know, he's done a family guy. He did Family Guy a few years ago when well, he, he was did with the Yeah, he I did think, yeah, yeah, he did yeah, the Ted I think Ted yeah, Two he was two, yeah. And so he's done stuff like that. But just like this sort of day-to-day, like watching him over the last year, I've really – it's like, okay, he's like – he is a human being. He's not a robot.
2: Uh, It's been great to watch. So, anyway, we'll see how it goes on in training camp. A couple quick things we'll let you go. Uh, The Rays – I was uh, at the other day. I, I I covered the game, uh, the last game of the Orioles. Yeah, look series. at you,
0: little double, little uh, Bo Jackson action there, little Deion Sanders. You know what? That's Mr. A great, Sanders, Coach Sanders, whatever. It was Great to comparison.
2: Call it. I am the Bo Jackson of Tampa Bay sports writers. I like that. Can Let's do go football
0: with that. and baseball. You're that's right. Bo- so Rick knows. In the,
2: in the same ca- in the same day, actually, I believe. Um, yeah, that's it. Or at least back to back. I don't know. I guess it was after midnight. By the time I went to bed after the White House.
1: Flushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: So, Tom, I went from the White House to the not to White the House. <laughs> to the penthouse. To the drop. That's the penthouse, baby. <laughs> is that what it is? I was look, look, You saw a good game. It was
0: a walk-off it was game, a great right? game. You know
2: what? I have a great record uh, for the race. <laughs> uh, not only do I usually see games that they win, but I usually see dramatic walk-offs. I've had a ton of walk-offs, and I don't cover that many games, but I've had a ton of walk-offs. Randy Orozarena starting to heat up a little bit with mm-hmm. a bat. Two yep. more home runs he's had. It's interesting. He's hit like I think seven or eight of his fourteen against the Orioles. <laughs> they don't like seeing him very much. Um, and then Austin Meadows, of course, uh, had the walk off. Let me say this: the Rays will not go back to the World Series this year.
0: They won't. That's a prediction. You're saying that?
2: Unless they find one more starting pitcher. And I mean a bona fide guy who can, you know, next to Shane McClanahan and Rich Hill, you're not gonna you're not gonna beat you're not gonna win a series, a seven game series against name the team that's in the postseason. When they have they have three bona fide starters, and right now you've got Shane McClanahan and Rich Hill. And after that and
0: even those two, you're like, well, I mean, Rich Hill, you're like, that guy's going to wake up one day and realize yeah, he's 47 years old, right? Exactly.
2: There's an expiration date coming sometime, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, the maybe. milk's going to yeah. go sour, maybe. But, but I mean, even with him, they're both left-handed, um, you know, and they, you know, the ace is going to have to pitch maybe three times in a seven-game series. Tom, if I'm the Tampa Bay Rays, i got to make a deal i got to yeah, make a now,
0: deal. If now, would you feel differently if I told you, and we certainly don't know this, if I yeah. told you Tyler Glass now would be back in time yes, for the postseason? but
2: you don't know it. And my thing is yeah. this. Should the Rays go for the – I mean, they're – you know, as we sit here, I don't know, they – they you know, as we're doing this podcast, I guess they likely could have taken over the first place in the A. Yeah, they're, they're right at they're the door. They're essentially doors, right anyway. there with the Red Sox, and they got a lot of games against them. Okay, so the East, the East is very much up for grabs for them, if not well within their reach. Doesn't there come a point where you go, wait a minute, we went to the World Series a year ago. We brought back essentially the same team, minus two of our best starters in in Charlie Morton, which, by the way, wouldn't it be nice if the Atlanta Braves would just loan him back for them?
0: Well, I guess there was talk about that. I saw Topkin mention that the other day. His, there was
2: a little. I doubt it'll happen. Yeah, but he there didn't was make it sound like it was like imminent. But, you know, you lose Snell, you lose him, um, and then Glasnow gets hurt. And you're still right here. You're still exactly where you want to be um, with a chance to go deep into the postseason. Now's your window, babe. No, I get I mean, it. if you're going well, to go for like it, and, I, and I don't window. know what you're going to give away, you know what I mean? But, yeah, I mean, the Rays are always sort of in it. But, like, I just – I don't have any confidence that – it, who's it going to be? Chris Archer? Louis I mean the
0: one hope that you have, and I noticed here today, like the other day, like the Tampa Bay Times does this thing where like down the on the baseball page on in the Wednesday paper they they list yeah. like all the injuries and when oh, yeah. they're when they're due to come back, you know. And I started yeah. looking at the at some of their pitchers and and their bullpen, Anderson, you know, guys like Nick Anderson, and Ryan Thompson, yeah. those guys. You're like they might be coming back eventually here. And so but their that,
2: bullpen's pretty good now. Sure, you know what I mean. It's been virtually unhittable, to be right. honest with you.
0: So, but I yeah, I started could I, could they use a starting like could every team in baseball use a, a guy like Max Scherzer or somebody who can go out there and just
2: Yeah, it won't probably be him. I no, guess. but
0: I mean I mean it wouldn't probably be a bad idea to target a team and i not even know like you know target a team like Pittsburgh or Arizona or somebody who's
2: or maybe bringing a bat. Listen, it's not like they score a ton of runs every night. Yeah, and they're I talking mean, it,
0: Nelson Cruz. They they've been in love with Nelson Cruz forever. It's
2: How so about good. how about this name? How about Chris Bryant of the Cubs? Oh, yeah. You know, can play any position. Plays the outfield. plays You third know, base. you're
0: different to me though. Like I keep saying, like I'm okay with their offense. You know, I I really am. I yeah. I know. I know. Look, I have you have every reason. How were you, you?
2: How were you last year when they were against the Dodgers? Which one of those? Uh, I know, but that yeah. – oh, no, Other, and, than, and Brandon other than one guy, which was a Rosarena. A Rosarena
0: and and Kiermaier a little bit, but everybody, and Brandon Lau completely disappeared in the playoffs. And
2: yeah, Zanino had a couple home runs. He got like a a long ball. Seemed like a was striking out every time you needed him was terrible. And, Brandon Lau?
0: Brandon Lau was awful in the playoffs last year.
2: You think yeah. G-Man Choi is going to carry them? No. Under well, Franco's batting 200 right no. now? No. He's struggling, I, I I'd
0: Still, though, if you're asking me, okay, i got to give up something to go out and get something – I'm I'm targeting starting pitching before I go out and get even before you a get Chris Bryant. Yeah. yeah,
2: I would agree with that, and I don't think they're mutually exclusive. But I would agree with that. I just the team I saw out there—they play great defense. They battle. They—they was their the other day was their 29th come from behind win. And and one, it's remarkable.
0: funny. Usually that doesn't happen from one year to the next. Like if you look no. back, it's you know like one run games. Not usually you alternate years with that sort of thing. But. Yeah.
2: Um, We'll yeah, see. We'll good, see if a they job. make a, a deal at the deadline. Finally, how about this for a, a rumor that's out there floating, maybe more than a rumor. How would you like to see the SEC potentially get even stronger and certainly bigger? How would you like to see, and one of these teams hasn't been going well for since Mac Brown, but how would you like to see Texas? Oh, Billy, give me Texas, Oklahoma. Hoo! boy. The Sooners and the Longhorns, a Red River rivalry coming to the SEC. So what's the
0: what's the I'm trying to figure out the point of all this, and I understand why. I guess I understand, I understand why
2: maybe what Texas and OU would want maybe want to do it. Yeah, and and, may,
0: and I can understand why why the SEC would want Texas because now you're adding like the Dallas market, which is a really big deal. But you already got Texas. But you got a Yeah, it's yeah. not exactly Dallas, but it's close enough. You know, it's Texas. Austin, babe. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's College Station. It's Austin, yeah, right, Austin. Right. Station, it's not even you're Dallas. It's not even, you're right. You're yeah, right. It's not you're even not Dallas. It's Dallas. Austin. It's you're, Austin, yeah. Texas. Yeah. What right. am I talking about? Um, Oklahoma,
2: so, one of the great, you know. big I mean, ball you're talking power. about great,
0: great programs, yeah. In terms yeah. of although know, Texas tradition, hasn't which, won
2: diddly squat since Vince Young. I mean, let's be honest.
0: Right, but the, still, I mean, it's a, you know, they got a ton of money, and they, you know, they're, yeah. they change coaches again, and, um, I don't know. What it was the SEC just trying to build themselves up until they basically be it's going to be come the down super to th- conference? i mean it's going to come down to three conferences all of a sudden it's going to be basically the big 10 the yeah. the sec and then the pac 12 or whatever they
2: may West need Coast they version. may need three divisions in the sec just to determine a champion i don't even know how much more room they would have but um, now they've well, the always
1: been destined for 4 16 team conferences right that's yeah. where yeah. it was always at. it seems up. like
2: it's where it's going yeah
1: you know so right. why not the pack the pack 12 and the big 12 kind of merge and a few teams go to the big 10 and ACC while the SEC adds Texas and Oklahoma mm-hmm.
0: and then with the big 12 now there's talking about the big 12 would the big 12 try to stay the big 12 would they try to replace
1: I, I, who are you going to replace with? I mean, you're going to add well, I mean, Cincinnati, right. UCF, USF. I mean, who are you adding? Why don't you
2: take Nebraska back because they don't belong in the Big Ten. I can tell well, you they that.
0: Well, that would be a good move. I don't know how badly – I, I don't mean, know your, how, years how ago,
2: the
1: Big Ten wanted Texas to join them, which would have been weird geographically, but – Right.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I mean – the Big 12, if I was looking at it, yeah, I mean, Cincinnati's a decent-sized market. Houston, I would want that market if I was...
1: Oh, it's massive. Yeah, but yeah, don't forget, there's a ton of Texas fans in Houston, too. So you start adding Texas, you're adding Dallas, Austin, and Houston to a point. Right, mm-hmm. right. I mean, cause, no, you know, it's, it's, there's Texas fans throughout that state.
0: I just don't understand, from the SEC standpoint, why it would... Benefit them.
2: It's got to be money. I mean, it's money, well, sure. obviously. But I mean, now TV, you're splitting it up. Texas, money. the Longhorn. Have you heard about the Longhorn Network? <laughs> um, well, and at some own. point,
0: and I don't know if this will happen at some point. I'm waiting for Notre Dame to finally get to the point where, and I, I get it. They got a sweet deal with NBC. But at some, point, yeah. at some point, some point, they're going to have to join a conference, particularly if we get into a situation where we add teams to the college football playoff. And somehow, and I don't know if this... I, you know, I think Notre Dame might be one of those programs that gets, they could get screwed out of a of a playoff situation one day if we're if we're starting to name automatic
2: As bids independent, going,
0: to, yeah, you know, the SEC and Big Ten and Pac twelve and all and Big Twelve, uh, and group and a group of five gets one. I, I mean, I think Notre Dame could find themselves in situations where they might be the team left out.
2: Right, um, and who wouldn't want Notre Dame, right? With right, that following. But, they could name their price in one of these conferences so
0: I saw D- Dabo the other day Did you see this Rick Dabo Sweeney was like like I don't I don't want to I don't want to expand the playoffs I don't think we should have you know we don't want to play more games he was complaining about more games and I'm I was trying to think. Okay, Dabo's got to have some sort of grift going here. I mean, it's got to. He's got to be looking at it from his point of view. Like, how does well, he plays us?
2: in the national championship every other year? But that's so what I'm, I'm saying.
0: Like,
1: if you're adding teams, he doesn't need to add teams to get to the championship. Right? He he's there already there. But gotta, at some point, but now you're he's got to play be. three games to get to the final, and or two games to get to the championship instead. And of And I get one. that
0: now, but don't you think it's you're not going to be that way forever? At some point, you're going to just don't think that way. They should think that they way should, because at some don't. point, you're going to be. You know. Yeah, but this look, is look. Everybody falls off. But we were, we're just talking. We're,
1: about. we're going on a decade of basically Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama being in there almost every year. But there was yeah. a
0: time that I looked at and mm-hmm. I ne- I thought that Miami would be good every year. I never mm-hmm. saw a time where Miami would be bad or Florida State or Nebraska, like I I never USC.
1: Well, I mean, they, now, you, now you see Alabama's quarterback who hasn't played a down yet is almost making seven figures from nil money. You think they're falling man. off anytime soon? <laughs> my man.
2: I, Cash money, But dog. I mean, you
0: remember it, Steve. You saw these teams. There, there, were, there were years where I thought, yeah. I looked at Miami back when they had it rolling back in the 80s and 90s, and I thought, they're going to be good forever. Same with Florida State. Same with Nebraska. And eventually, eventually somebody catches them, you know?
1: Well, it, it just, usually happens when there's a coaching change. Often, yeah. I mean, that, you know, so as long as Dabo's going to stay at Clemson, he's going to think I'm going to always be rule this conference. But there's got to be Nick a. Nick Saban year... thinks the same thing about Ben. Now, there's a couple years that LSU had Joe Burrow and beat him. Okay. That happens every once in a while. But, you know, out, Nick Saban's back the next year. Ohio State's right. the same way in the Big Ten. Maybe they get beat one year. But you don't think right, they're right. not going to be back the next year?
0: I would just think, though, that I'd want that, that cushion that the, yeah. even the years where you're a little bit off, you're still going to make it, you're still going to be in. Look, like I, I think twelve is too many anyway. I'm I'm cool with if they left it at four personally. Yeah. But um or if you want to go to six, I'm fine with that. But I was yeah, I was just a little surprised at Davo's
1: comments.
2: Finally, and I really do mean to get you out on this. Memo to Coach Prime, Deion Sanders of Jackson State. I can call you anything as long as I call you. That's what you should be worried about. Okay? No disrespect. I- but if so I'm he got into you it, it right. First I re- name.
0: I read so a couple of things about that. I saw the clip. You've seen the clip, right? Where it looked like and and Dion. I'm calling him Dion, okay, because he's a fellow adult. I don't play. <laughs> he's not coach Sanders. I don't play for him.
2: You don't coach. You don't play for him, so you don't have to call him coach. I don't right? play
0: for him. I don't work for him. Okay, there he's a go. fellow adult. There I've never asked. Now people say, well, why don't you just respect him? He wants to be called this. Here's the problem I have. Before. I'd like
2: to be called Mr. Bucks Beatwriter.
0: <laughs> here's the problem I had. And I saw the
2: clip. So you're Mr. White I, House correspondent. Well, that too.
0: That too. I was, and he was, I. it almost looked like, like Dion looked like he was kind of clowning at first. And he said, oh, no, don't, you know, don't call me, don't call me by that, my friend. You don't call Nick Saban. At, and the guy said, yeah, actually, I do call Nick actually, Saban. Actually, we do, Nick. yeah. And everybody does. In fact, he had the next day at the SEC media days, somebody counted up, he usually called Nick eight times. And I so I had a problem with Dion saying you'll get cussed out if you call Nick Saban Nick, because so, it made Saban look like an ogre, right. you know, and he's not. They Saban's not like that. No, Rick, I've been covering sports for more than thirty years. When I when I was a yeah. sports writer, I wrote this the other day. I've covered guys who won championships: Tony Dungy, uh, Joe Madden, Jacques Lemaire, Jacques Demer, uh, John Cooper, John Tortorella. I don't re—I don't remember any coach ever having a problem with me calling them by their first name. Nope. They're a fellow nope. adult. They're another adult. I don't work for you, right? And someone said, "Well, if he wants to be called that, then why don't you respect him and call him that?" I don't. I just—I think you're taking yourself too seriously. If like,
2: I—I I also think there's more behind it. Maybe there's a—a a story that uh, or two that maybe he didn't like in a particular publication or. I don't uh, know. The, the Clarion be... paper
0: in Clarion, Mississippi, which is a really yeah. good newspaper, had a story about a recruit who, um, and I don't know all the details, so I don't want to name it. But right. there was a, there was some sort of off field incident, and they they wrote about it. Yeah. They wrote about it, and apparently were then banned from SC's from or whatever conference that is Media Days. Um, now, there's a discrepancy about whether or not that's true. Whether they were banned, whether they're going to be banned in the future, the school says no. Mm-hmm. But that could have played a part of it all. But I just thought it was ridiculous, Rick. That
1: you know, like I said, I well, called Lovey Lovey Smith. I called, and he didn't ask to be called Coach
2: Sanders. It was a nickname. Does he want to be Coach Prime? <laughs> that's what he that's, said. You know, it's funny. Like the only first of all, that's dumb.
0: What are you, you? Yeah, know? it's almost like is you're he is he, clon- is he clowning us? Is he trolling yeah, us? You're not
2: prime anymore. you have prime time. I mean, that you created this alter ego with the money chain all i mean i don't know i don't know man Come on. and i
0: actually think he might have a chance to be a pretty decent coach you know maybe but it's i just think he comes off looking kind of clownish like looking like you're better than everybody and but
2: you're you know not. what and and maybe the genius is is just this who else is talking about jackson state if not for this
0: we're talking about him on a podcast in tampa bay
2: maybe we should have called yeah, him I mean. leon what leon sandcastle remember <laughs> oh that's right yeah that's right but but i mean seriously like hey sometimes if they talk about you at least they're talking and maybe about there you. was
0: a method to the madness maybe maybe yeah. he was maybe that wait was minute, his whole wait a minute thing. he's
2: coaching college football wait a minute where is he at
0: <laughs> one of the great yeah one of the great all time and somebody else said maybe he's trying to gain respect for his program and he's shown yeah. his previous now look one of the all-time great interviews that uh, that I was a part I was the one that asked the question and it had nothing to do with the answer that I got but the whole John Tortorella shut your yap was was I asked the question that day and I think I asked him about something I don't even remember what the question was and he had no matter what I asked I could have asked him uh, how the weather was that day Yeah, exactly. and he was going to go off and his whole point was I'm going to take the pressure off of my team for the lousy game that they played last night and get it all talking about me, and that'll be the story for the next 24 hours. And that's exactly what happened. It worked. And everybody talked about it, and Lightning went out and played well that night and won the rest of the series. But maybe that was Dion's. Like, ah, I don't know. I watched a clip, too. It, 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 it didn't even seem like he was serious. And he said, don't call me that. And the reporter called him, okay, Dion,"
2: And that's when he walked out. I, was, I almost thought it was a joke, too. Like, it was like a know. stage, yeah. So You'll address me as Colonel. Pretty sure I've earned it. <laughs>
0: Everything comes back to a few good men. And you'll Everything. address me as Joe.
2: Quite yeah. certain I've earned it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Tommy, what do you got going on these days at Pointer dot
0: Yeah, I wrote a, like Maria Taylor left ESPN. And that was the big story the other day. How about that? Yeah, that we saw that coming, right? So that turned into a yeah. mess. ESPN bungled, that bungled the whole thing from start to finish. So, she's been leaving. a good
2: uh, couple of weeks for ESPN.
0: No, they had that and the Stephen A. Smith thing um, yeah. with uh, with Otani. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't handle the. I I think they they mismanaged the whole Rachel Nichols Maria Taylor thing going back even before we knew what was going on a sure, year ago. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so now she's the Maria Taylor's on her way apparently to NBC, um, and she'll have a very uh, I think great career there.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Check them out, uh, Tom Jones' his newsletter daily Monday through Friday. Uh, org. you can read them there. Tommy, thanks so much for the two days, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Steve Bursnick, he's got one more show to do with us on Sunday, and then he's on vacation. I can't believe he's letting what? the kids run the camp. I know. I'm leaving? Well, that's what you told me. I don't want <laughs> uh, you to I'm leave. Kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, little sneak preview. Next week,
0: we are getting the, if this all works out right, we're getting the the old band back the together. The band will be and back And when I say band, together. I'm talking... The yeah. old 6 to 9 a.m. Rick and Tom show and Tom. with Board a page. special guest with another guest.
2: Back in better than ever. We're going to have to start the show with Start Me Up.
0: Yeah, and end it with Da-na-na. "and end it with Give Me Shelter. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. We'll make sure that uh, our producer does that. Producer sitting in, hint. Sitting in for Steve Bursting. <laughs> yeah, there you That'll go. That would be great. Anyway, uh, enjoy your weekend. Buck's training camp starting on Sunday. First workout. Some of us will see you out there if you're a season pass member, about 2,000 or so. The Rays, uh, of course, uh, continuing their series up against the Cleveland Indians over the weekend. So uh, lots of sports going on. We'll talk all about that on Monday morning's podcast. So for Steve Burstick, Tom Jones, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody.